Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, hello, hello, hello. We're continuously hearing these buzzwords of fear, anxiety, stress, and these are chronic struggles for many um, dis- desperately seeking answers on how to climb out of this darkness. So today we are chatting with Dr. Edward Welch. He is a licensed psychologist. He earned a PhD in counseling with uh, neuropsychology and has a master's of divinity degree from Biblical Theological Seminary. Dr. Welch has been counseling for over 30 years. I, I want to say 38 years to be exact and has written extensively on the topics of depression, fear, and addictions. He is the author of several books, too many to list, but a few include Shame Interrupted, When People Are Big and God is Small, Addictions, A Banquet in the Grave, and Depression Looking Up from the Stubborn Darkness. His most recent book is called A Small Book for the Anxious Heart. So he is here to share his thoughts with us today. Welcome, Dr. Welch. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Could could you help, could you set up for me how we're uh, how we're gathering together? It's called girlfriended, correct? <laughs> and it's called so girlfriended. Should, and you're so, so should of- I be so should I be thinking of my dinner table where for for 18 years I just had women around my dinner table? Should I be thinking about that, or should I be thinking something different? Well, the dinner table, that's that's a good imagery, but you also want to just think of, we're all just sitting here on this really cool, it's actually a blue velvet couch, and, and, you know, we're having our coffee, and we're just chatting like, like girlfriends, which I have to tell you, your book is awesome, the wisdom you share in this tiny book, it's powerful, and the content is amazing, but as a girlfriend, I just want you to, to know you nailed it because I appreciate the color, that bright green. It's one of my favorites. And the fact that it's a hardcover because you can carry it in your purse and it doesn't get all mangled, you know, because with it, it, you can just pull it out of your purse. You hand it to someone. And I don't know if you intentionally created this for women, but it's working for me. And as my daughters would say, it's totes Gucci. <laughs> That's what we need to call it. We need to say a small book for the anxious heart, and it's totes Gucci. <laughs> well, I am, I am so glad you picked up on what I gave so much careful thought to. Now, actually, of course, I you're you're identifying things that I didn't think about in the least, but there are better <laughs> minds better minds than mine who uh, who apparently did so. <sighs> Well, that it truly it is awesome, and I, I I love the color, and I love that it you just don't get the hard, you know, books anymore because it's just it's so much cheaper to throw them out in paperback. So I love it, I love it, I love it. All right, I I'm curious. I'm going to not to get like right 
into the down and dirty, but since we already said we're sitting here on the velvet couch drinking our coffee, uh, you hear, you know, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, that so many of them, they go into business or into the industry because they are dealing with similar struggles or they have been with a loved one who has been in some pretty dark places. So do you mind unpacking your story as to why you stepped into this world? Mm, that's well, you're you're asking me to go back 38 years now and and <laughs> recollect the story. That's a that's a tough one. I well, the I'll see if I can give you the the abbreviated version. I wasn't a Christian when I went to to university. I was a psychology major, so I must have had some interest in in knowing people and helping people. But I didn't find it find it was very useful, so I ended up digressing and moving into other topics. I became a Christian at the very end of the university. I went to seminary because I wanted to study the Bible. I figured whatever I did, knowing the Bible was going to be useful because the Bible was so instrumental in my own in my own conversion and knowing Jesus. So I went to seminary, and when I went to seminary, I began to see that the Bible spoke to the details of life. So I think some of those old interests in, in people and how we grow and change were aroused. But what you're getting at is, is I, I would imagine, anybody who... Who, who it's their job to help other people, they are going to see themselves in other people. In, in almost any person they speak to, they will see their own struggles. And, and that's one of, the, that's one to, one of the, the advantages, if I could put it that way. Because, because as I'm speaking to another person, I'm speaking to myself. And it's, it doesn't feel like I'm the expert, but, but somehow we're going to the one who is the expert and, and seeking to learn together. So mm-hmm. are you asking more specifically, can I find fears and anxieties in the course of every single day of my life? Absolutely, I can. And I can find it in my dreams even last night. So, so absolutely, this is, this is a personal book for me. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, that's interesting. I, I never really thought of it. We see ourselves when we help others. And, uh, I, I, I work with young adults there. It's a, it's a college group. And I find that I'm hearing this so often about, you know, they're feeling anxious. They're, you know, clinically depressed. How do we get out of these fears that, that we're dealing with? And I, all of a sudden I'm like, am I a hypochondriac? Because I'm <laughs> I'm starting to feel some of these issues. And I'm thinking, you know, when I was in college, I don't remember having such an anxious heart. I don't remember, you know, feeling that as much. But, um, you know, maybe I did and I just haven't labeled it or named it or dealt with it. I, I don't I don't know. But I I do find it interesting. Have you noticed that that our society, our culture seems to have more anxiety and and I guess that's why pharmaceutical sales are you know they're skyrocketing because no, we're no. or are we have we always had it what? Well, you're going to immediately cut off my microphone when I say that say this, but but I would say that as I look back on my past, I I, I wouldn't identify myself as a person who was filled with anxiety. I I think I've been getting more and more anxious as I've gotten older, which. To me, there, there are more and more things to be anxious about. You love more and more people, and mm. and, and and that alone is 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 going to be a challenge. Not to mention, you have health problems that are up ahead, and and uh, and all kinds of things as you get older. You're, what you're identifying, though, is is are, are are those who are younger, those between 18 and 25, is anxiety more prominent in them? 
And the reality is anxiety is part of humanity throughout all history. But, but we would anticipate there are times where it, it goes into full bloom and it's no longer in the background. It's in the foreground and, and we're aware of it consistently. Uh, is, is anxiety and stress and fears, are they growing right now? And the answer is absolutely yes, absolutely yes. Whether you go out in the streets and talk to people or where you, where you look at statistics, whatever it might be, it is absolutely on the rise. Any thoughts as to, as to what's going on there? Oh, you're asking me well, what the thought. Well, well, I, I would back, but I'd be interested in your answer. Yeah. I see social media and and the reason why I so, say social media is by the conversations where an example would be just even in my group alone, um they they might have a party on Friday, just a simple, you know, Valentine's, they call it Galentine's and not everybody's included. They just they're not even thinking about it. They're like, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so come over. And then another person hears about it, another person. And all of a sudden, you have a group of 10 people where it looks like this was a specific planned party. And why wasn't so-and-so and so-and-so invited? They're not thinking through. They just thought a few people come over to the house. But then they post it on Instagram and Snapchat. And now this starts spiraling. Why was I not included? Uh, oh, they don't like me. Oh, what did I do wrong? <laughs> it just no. that alone is, is exhausting to me to, to see how that plays out. And that's just one little tiny piece of it. And add to that, what you're identifying there are people who can feel distanced from others, more or less dislocated from from people they want to be their people. Mm -hmm. Well, you got you got to believe that that this is an era with with families being more broken than they certainly have been over the previous generations, and people being more mobile. You are you're going to have people who just feel more alone and. And we anticipate that the, the more isolated we feel, the more fears are going to be evident in our lives. So, so I, I think you're right. There are lots of reasons, and certainly social media is, is accentuating it today. But, but at the same time, we all come by it honestly. We don't need social media to, 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 to demonstrate our fears and anxieties. We, all we got to do is just, just sneak under the surface of life, and, and they're always there. Well, you, speaking of sneaking, uh, you you talk about uh, in your book a general r rule about fears and anxiety is that they will not lose their power unless examined. And I, I'm going to speak as women, but I, I know your book is for both women and and men. Um, but we tend to to ruminate when we are feeling down. And I've watched friends. Well, you notice I, I put it on friends. I'm not going to admit to my own. <laughs> my own is just they, they, my yeah. friend, in quotes. Uh, it, it's easy to get this negative narrative in your head and believing the lies rather than the truths. And we can spend hours trying to figure out why we're feeling this way. And uh, so, so my question would be, what's the difference between you know rumination and examination? Um, that's that's a great point. The, I think there, there are two things that you just identified there. One is to be able to identify the, the fears in our life. If, if, if we can't identify them, then there's nothing we're going to do with them. And we, and, and we lose access to all these beautiful things that Scripture says. And, and I think women are probably fairly good at identifying fears and anxieties. Men tend to be much poorer at them because they, 
They're, they're not legitimate. They're not, men are, don't tend to be authorized to have fears and anxieties. It, it strikes at their independence. So men, I think, have to work more diligently. So, so two parts. One is we identify it. The, what you're identifying is, okay, now we, now we get consumed by it and we figure them out. We, we worry about the future and somehow we think our worries are going to ward off the, the possibilities in our future. So, so what we want to do, what we have to do is we have to identify them. We, it, this is, our fears and anxieties are ultimately not something that had to be figured out. They're a personal phenomenon. Uh, can we trust our God? Can we trust our God? Uh, especially when it seems like he hasn't always come through for other people or for ourselves. So it's very personal. And if it's very personal, well, you have to speak to him. I, I often think of Psalm 62.8 as a kind of summary verse for so many of the Psalms, really the heart of the Psalms. Pour out your heart to him. Pour out your heart to him. So, so what we're aiming for is to be able to identify them so we can speak them to the Lord, not so much so we can, we can independently figure out how to deal with these things, uh, because that's where they mushroom, because then you have one more and one more and one more fear, and, and they become endless. But we, we speak these things as preparation for speaking them openly and honestly to God who invites us to speak these things. And, and when we look at the Psalms, not only does he invite us to speak them, but he gives us words to speak them. He, he gives us all kinds of Psalms that, that speak about fears and anxieties. And he says, how about this? Try this on for size. Does it feel like this? So, so that is, to identify them is essential to the relationship, to being able to speak about these things to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, as a believer, now this, I'm, I might be walking on um, a fine line here because I, I know this is something that people can get really upset with when you hear someone say, oh, you, you don't need medicine, you know, to help you out with anxiety or depression, you know, just just read the Bible more, get into God's word, and you need to pray more. Obviously, you know, you're dealing, you, you have sin in your life. That's why you're, you're struggling here. What, what are your thoughts on, on that? And how do you feel when you hear those comments? You just said a lot. The, how do we think about medication? The, here's what we'd say. The medication has, has some value. It's, it can calm our bodies when our bodies are feel like they are feel like they have a mind of their own, so so there there certainly can be some benefits there. Uh, so I think we could all agree on that. I think we could also all agree that that medication, if medication is the primary way we're dealing with it, a lot of the medications they 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 don't work as well over time, and and so they're not really a very sturdy place in which to put our hopes. So I think we would all agree with that that a conservative view of medication seems to be most appropriate. I think we, we could also all, and when I say all, I mean everybody, everybody who thinks about these things, Christians or, 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 or those who don't follow Christ. I think we could all say that, that fear and anxiety, when it, when it is being treated medically, that is not sufficient in itself. Uh, we, I, I think everybody would say that. There's something else 
that we need to do. We need a person who can be helpful for us. We need some place we can go with these fears and anxieties uh, along with the medication. So I think those are those would be pretty safe things that, that most of us would agree on. And Patty, can I say one other thing? You said something about sin. We should get to that. Is, is fear and anxiety sin? I'll leave that to you. But that's, that's, that's a pretty important one for us. Well, let's go ahead. And the, and the reason why I do want to dive into that is, is that I have watched um, when there's this, I, I, and I, I don't know what, what it's called because I'm, I'm not the professional and I, I don't really understand, um, you know, mental illness. So we're kind of moving into, I guess, a different layer here. But when someone is so self-destructive that you're watching them and you're talking about, you know, scripture and praying over them, but this, this mind, you know, set uh, of, I can't, when you're telling him, you know, to, to meditate on scripture, to go through, I can't, I can't, it doesn't help me. God's not listening. Um, I I don't even know how to, it just seems so self-destructive. They don't, they can't even listen to wisdom. Uh, What, what happens there? And that's when you do go, okay, I, is it, is it sin? Are, are they believing the lies or are they just so comfortable with it's been a lifelong pattern of thinking this way that it just becomes so automatic that they don't even understand that that's what they're they're saying? Uh, I, I can remember one time when I, there, I had an episode of, of really nasty physical pain. And, and my wife, she's just so gracious the, the entire time. And and, and one time she asked if uh, she wanted if I wanted her to read scripture to me. And I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was more or less I said no. And, and I felt horrible saying it. I, I felt horrible thinking it. But I was thinking, you can no matter what you say, it's not going to pierce this this pain. That's that yeah. that, that yeah. is what is controlling me right now. Uh, and and fear can be the same way when our mind is racing and consumed with these other things, uh, and it becomes this jumble. How can we focus on anything? Somebody would say, and 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 and, and so I think of, of Ecclesiastes. Well, there's a time for certain things, and and that might be a time for let's go for a run. <laughs> Let's go for a run together. Let's go for a walk. Let's, you know, let's, who knows what, but, but, but uh, let's, you know, typically I, I would think let's just go for a walk together. That's, mm-hmm. that's the order of the day. Uh, and, and then when the person is, is settled a little bit more, what do we do? We, we say, could you talk about this? Tell me what, what's it like? What is it that you're going through? you, 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 this is this is what we do as friends, but but what we do as people who who know Jesus, then then that next step is could could we talk to Jesus about those things? Could you could you actually speak those things? Let me, for example, I, I I had panic attacks a number of years ago, and I, I saw them I saw them encroaching and growing, and I was anticipating the big one was going to come along, and sure enough, it did. It, it was it, it was like this monumental earthquake. It felt like life as I knew it wasn't going to be the same after that. I can remember when it happened. It happened in the middle of the night. I went into the, our living room, just sat there in the dark, and. And you know, I tried to deal with it. I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep. And, and, and Scripture came to mind. You know, things like Philippians 4, think about these things that are good and true and noble and beautiful. So I tried doing that. It didn't work at all. It didn't help at all. I wasn't <laughs> able to, to focus my mind, but I was at least I was somewhat pleased that I was at least thinking about Scripture. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the next day, I can't remember what, how it came to my attention, but I realized I never 
spoke to Jesus about these things. I used the scripture to try to figure it out and solve it and get rid of it. But I never simply said, Jesus, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I feel like I could die, but I, I think it's a panic attack, so I, I don't think I will. And I feel embarrassed that I don't want to die, and, 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 and I, I feel tortured. I'm feeling tortured by all these things going through my mind. End of story. You know, I, I never simply poured out my heart to the Lord. One of the easiest things, obviously, for us to do, but one of the hardest things for us to do. Mm-hmm. So, so there, but there's a time for that. There are times where, where we've got to go for a walk. There's a time where somebody takes medication to be able to physically calm down. And then there's a time for talking about these things and, and, and then wanting to grow and being able to speak to the Lord about them. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That's powerful when you, when you it, it, and it's just so funny because it's like, oh, yeah, duh. Before I read scripture, uh, ask Jesus to to help me out here. You know, I, I really strongly believe that um, we can say pick up your Bible as much as you as much as you want. But if you're not asking the Lord first, I, I feel like that's when scripture, you know, comes alive, obviously, is when we're asking Jesus prior to that. But why do you think the Bible has so much to say on the topic of fear and anxiety? Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's an important question. I, I think, I think if, if there was an experience that all humanity shared that was incredibly troubling and, and, and it felt almost destructive and scripture was silent on it, it we would yeah, I think our, our, our confidence in what God says would begin to erode just a little bit. But obviously that's not the case in, with, with fear. We, we listen to our own hearts. We, we, we talk to other people, and it's all around us. And so we're anticipating if this is really important, the Lord is going to speak to us in Scripture through, it, through, through, through his word. And, and sure enough, this is, it's almost every page he's speaking to human fears. He, the background is he's saying, you are mere creatures. You're not the creator. And, 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 and your power is a whole lot more limited than you realize. And you're a whole lot more vulnerable than you could imagine. And, and the Lord comes to us with compassion as, as, we, as we experience our weakness and, and, the, and the, the, the forces around us that can be pretty, pretty debilitating. So, so, yeah, so it's a good point that you're making that it, it should encourage our souls that the Lord speaks to this so much. Mm. And, and, and what he says, there, there are a couple themes in what he says, but it really is nice that he says it so many times. He's, he's, he's not shy in repeating it. He's, he's happy to repeat it again and again and again and think of other ways and more attractive ways to draw us in. And then when it doesn't sink into our hearts, he'll, he's willing to say it again. Mm. I, I so appreciate that. I know in my deepest, darkest uh, time, even though I grew up in a, in a Christian home and, you know, heard scripture, memorized scripture uh, continuously, it wasn't until I was in a dark spot when someone said, you know, Jesus wept. And that became one of my favorite mm-hmm. verses during that time. Because even though you you knew that scripture, I never really saw it until I was feeling it and realized, okay, he is sad right alongside of me. And you you talk about that in your book when you say, you know, picture that Jesus is, is sitting right next to you, and you go because he is, <laughs> you know? and and I like that because it's like, yeah, we don't 
you, know, you can picture it because he is sitting there and he is weeping with us. He is just like you said, he's trying to encourage our soul. And the fact that he wept and what's so interesting about that scripture is that he wept even though he knew he was going to turn right around and heal him. So there was really no reason for him to weep. And just for like for us, he's weeping right along with us, even though he knows he he is going to encourage our, our soul. We are going to get th- through this. And so I, I love what you said, how he he does things. He says it over and over. Um, our power is limited, um, but he comes to us with that compassion. Now, there's a depth to scripture that we anticipate having more and more access to as we as we grow and as we as we have life experience and and it's it's not unusual that you know our first way of approaching scripture is it's it's a lot of stories and they're they're really cool stories and sometimes they're inscrutable stories you know we have no idea what's going on but overall it's you know, you know there there are a lot of things that that encourage us they're good things but but then there's a deeper level in scripture and that deeper level is when we identify things that are especially hard in our life you're you're identifying grief or where we could talk about fears and 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 then we knock on the door of scripture and say could you let me in could you could could you speak to me in my heart about these fears and and in that sense the struggle of fear is this really it's it's the perfect opportunity to have this new door that goes deeper into the very heart of God mm-hmm. where he it's as if now he's speaking to us they're not just these stories now we're now we're in the story and and the story is possessing us the words are are to us rather than sort of about people in general um my mind goes weird when you said this door i i like that visual and of course i thought of i see this red door and i want to paint it black (laughs) (laughs) but it's so it's such a visual yeah he's allowing us to you know walk in get into it um we we have a few minutes before we go into a commercial break but what are some of your other favorite bible verses and and passages just addressing fear and anxiety well, there are there are two basic themes that that um, that the scripture will sort of coalesce around. One, the most important one, is he says to us, "I am with you. I am with you. I am with you." If we have the right person who is strong and loves us, then then that speaks deeply to our fears. So that would be sort of one area of scripture. The other area of scripture is is second, but it, it, but it's certainly very important. And and he says, "I am with you." And, and I will worry about tomorrow. And your calling is now. What is, what is the grace that you have now, right now? So, the, so in other words, the Lord says, you don't have to, you, you don't have to deal with tomorrow. I will, I will deal with tomorrow. But you do have a mission right now. And in that narrowing our focus to, to today, to this particular minute, that's, you know, that's the skill that we want to master. So uh, I'm not quite answering your question. I'll be glad to in a second. But, but as, as I think of what are the scriptures that are going to guide us, it's going to be scripture that speaks about God's very presence with us, and then scripture that sends us on a mission of, okay, today, what right now is, is the mission that, that I'm called to live out? Mm. Well, I, I want to come back uh, from our commercial break and get into more of that scripture. But I just also want to talk about a few things. If you are 
dealing with um, depression and you're looking for some tools, um, I, I like to consider it a, a wellness toolbox to deal with depression. Not only um, does uh, Dr. Welch talk about finding that support system, diving into scripture, but also, just like he said, go for a run, you know, spend some time in nature, uh, find some things that, that you love to do, be it a good book, a funny movie, you can, um, I don't know, I like to take a long hot bath, uh, take care of of a few small tasks just to feel like for me, I am very results driven. So to know I cleaned out the junk drawer today. I mean, I know sometimes it's hard to even do those very simple things, but, um, you know, walk your dog, find a friend that you can go face to face, listen to some music. And with that, here is our music. And we are going to be right back after these messages. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Whether it's an anniversary, the holidays, a job promotion, a birthday, an event or party. We have so many wonderful things to celebrate. Usually celebrating involves food. And if you're not careful, you end up eating celebration food that you normally would not eat. Many times we go from one celebration or event to another. And even though it's all good, our healthy eating can get off track. The way to combat that is to make healthy eating a lifestyle. I like the 80-20 rule. If you eat healthy, low-calorie food 80% of the time, it's not a problem to splurge or indulge in not-so-healthy foods 20% of the time. The 80-20 plan works and is a great way to make healthy eating a lifestyle. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, we've been chatting about fear and anxiety and stress and just some of these chronic struggles for, for many that are desperately seeking help. And we've been chatting with Dr. Edward Welch. He is a licensed psychologist. And right before we went on to um, into the break, uh, we were share you were sharing some scripture. And uh, we were telling the story about sometimes when you're when you're talking with someone who's dealing with you know major depression and just really in a dark spot. And like you mentioned, I love that story you you shared with your wife said can can I read scripture 
over you and you're like, no. And, and sometimes I know I have felt that way too. Like you, you share something with someone and they just start throwing either texting you, you know, scripture or, you know, they want to pray over you. And sometimes you're just not ready for that. You, you just are not in that place. But if you could share, like, what is some scripture? How can we hold on to that? And I like how you use that analogy of walking into the door. Like, what is that door that can open up that could really just resonate um, with us in what scripture has helped you? Uh, it seems like one one useful sort of action step from from what we're talking about is is to be able to identify one particular scripture that that we want to we want to have it sort of work its way into our lives a little bit more. And if we don't have one particular scripture, then we then we set out on a search for a particular scripture. For example, and and, and again, it, a lot of the scripture is going to be identifying how the Lord is with us and says He's and is willing to say it time and time again in the midst of our fears. I'll, I'll, let me give you two that come to mind as you as you ask the question. One is a bit. It's a bit more esoteric, but it's it's a dandy. Uh, it, it, in in Jacob, there's a story with Jacob in the Old Testament where he's on the run. He's 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 really afraid, and the Lord gives him this vision, and and it's a very cool vision. It's a vision that it's sort of a dream where there's a ladder, and the ladder goes up to heaven, and he sees the Lord at the top of the ladder, so it couldn't be too far away. You know, to be able to, to to be able to see the Lord, and then there are angels going up and down. In other words, heaven is not as far as we think, and there is tons of activity on on that particular ladder. So that that you know that, that that's one. That, that but it moves into another, which is more important. In, in John chapter one, when Jesus when when Jesus is talking to Nathaniel, he 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 talks about that same image, but now the image is he is at the bottom of the ladder. He's at the bottom. He has, he has come from heaven to earth, and he is now with us. And obviously, he's given us his spirit who continues to abide with us. So that particular image, you know, there's a ladder from heaven, and Jesus has descended the ladder to come close to us. That's, that's one picture that I have when I think of the Lord is near. Here's, I'll give you one other one, and this is from Psalm, I think it's Psalm 121, maybe around verse 5 or so. And it's a psalm of ascent. So these people are coming from one of the feasts. They, you know, they came to Jerusalem for one of these feasts. They've seen their people. They've, they, you know, they've thought about the great acts of the Lord, and now they're going home, and they're they're feeling it. And 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 so they they, they you know they're singing this song together as they're going back to wherever they're going. And in, in this song, it, they talk about the Lord as the shade on our right hand, and. And uh, excuse, excuse, by the way, you can feel free to interrupt me because I'm going to launch into a story. You're asking me a particular scripture, and, and this is just sort of the way the scripture settled into me. I was with my granddaughter. We were watching a soccer game. We were watching some, you know, her, her sibling's soccer game. She's four years old, and the sun was sort of beating down on us. And, and she was squinting. It was hard for her to see. And I have a big hat. I, my skin is really is way too fair. And so I, I have this assortment of hats to cover up in the sun. So I had this humongous hat. And, and I saw her over there. And I said, I, I said Lucy, come, come over here for a second. And she came over. And I was sitting in a little chair. And I, I wrapped her up. I just completely enveloped her uh, with the point of trying to get my hat over her face. So <laughs> she, was, she was under the shade. And... 
And, and all of a sudden I thought of Psalm 21, 21. To cover up somebody, so in the noonday sun, they are shaded by your very presence. You got to be really, really close. And that's the image in Psalm 121. Mm -hmm. Here are these pilgrims walking in this sort of barren area where there's not a whole lot of shade. And they're, they're, they're saying, our God is so close. He is, he is the, right now, he is the shade on our right hand. What are we doing? We're, we're trying to, to have access to these, these pictures that God himself gives us mm -hmm. as, a way to, as a way to remember reality. Because that's, that's, that's essentially what we truly need most deeply in the midst of our fears and anxiety. The right person is, is the one who's with us. Mm. You know, you, you start your book, which, by the way, I, I love that illustration of the, it, it, my kids say, don't throw, don't, I'm trying to think how they say it. They don't throw shade, mom, don't throw shade, uh, which <laughs> is like kind of the opposite. Right. And that, that is beautiful to, to be that close that you're hovering together. And that is, you know, yeah, we're, we're trying, we're, we're trying to redeem that picture of shade. So it's a good thing rather than the bad thing. That's right. <laughs> Uh, but you, you start out your book with a quote from uh, Freud that there is no question that the problem of anxiety is a riddle whose solution would be bound to throw a flood of light on our whole mental existence. And I, I love it because you say anxieties remain among your top bugaboo. <laughs> Did I use that word? <laughs> it seems like an old-fashioned word, doesn't that, it? <laughs> well, I, I, I love it. It's your top bugaboo. It's what you've been grappling with. <laughs> and so tell us a little bit, you know, I, I think it's interesting that growing up in a more legalistic Christian home, we have a tendency not to to look at quotes from like Freud or, you, you know, we go, oh, it's not, a, a, you know, it's not biblical. You didn't put scripture in there. That was you start your book straight from Freud, you know, and, and we all know he had mommy issues. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did indeed. <laughs> uh, so wh wh what did you start there with with that? What what was your frame of mind? Oh, you're you're trying to find something deep that might not have been that deep. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I work as a professor, and 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 sometimes, so sometimes I'll I'll, I'll read Freud just to, you know, and I've taught one Freud before, and and I, I I just saw that quote. He, I mean, he has, he he can be a little kooky in places, but he has some observations that are that are they're really very insightful, and 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 what he's doing, I think, there is he's inviting us. Who can crack? Who can crack the riddle of fear? Who mm -hmm. can do it? Um, and 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 what an invitation! And and we have scripture. What scripture? Scripture is stuff that we could have never invented ourselves. We couldn't mm -hmm. have studied it. We couldn't. No matter how many years we would have studied fear, we wouldn't have gone to these kinds of depths. And and scripture, it it, it it's it's it, in a sense, it's not solving the riddle of fear. It's showing us why we're we're afraid. I mean, we're. We're creatures, and the world has all kinds of threats attached to it. There's, there's no question. But, but Scripture alone is the one that sort of states the obvious. When people are afraid, they want the right person, and, and that's the challenge. The, the, the therapies that are out there are trying to deal with fears. We're, we're trying to manage fears. That's, that's what we're trying to do in and of ourselves, and that's better than nothing, but 
but we know that we need something more than that. So, so Freud invites us to participate in the discussion and and identify how what well, it's what we should see in Scripture that that when the Lord speaks to us, when we truly understand His words, they are going deeper than 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 we could ever go without with with an unaided eye of science. We Scripture takes us farther in. And maybe I should say one other thing there, Patty, that that when Scripture takes us farther in, what we'd like Scripture to do is to say, voila, all, all of a sudden your fears are gone. Here's the way to extinguish all fears. That's what we'd like. But but that's not what fear does. That that would be the same thing as, as saying bring complete peace and justice into earth right now. Um, uh, it's the same thing as alleviate all suffering in my life this particular moment. So, so we might not be fully satisfied with how Scripture, Scripture deals with it, but, but it's obviously very realistic. The Lord does not promise to remove our fears and anxieties. Could you imagine, could you imagine a life like that? We'd just be utterly numb. We would lose our humanity to, to not have fears and anxieties. It's, it's we know to whom we can go in the midst of them. And, 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 and the goal is not, is not to confess sins necessarily. The goal is is as scripture talks about it, is it's to go from people of little faith to people of bigger faith. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we're after. You know, Jesus will sometimes say to us in the midst of our fears, oh, you of little faith. And, and it's really very sweet, typically, when he says that. He's saying, you're children. And, 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 and sometimes it's hard to, to really have a mature understanding of your, of your father who loves you. And mm-hmm. And so he says, let me tell you more about your father. And he brings us in farther and farther. And, and we, want, we want more confidence. We want to see him more and more clearly. We want to grow to, we, 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 want, to, we want to grow in our trust in him. Which again, that's not, going to, that's not going to dismiss all our fears, but they will feel different. Because, because rather than frantically avoiding them or, or trying to manage them, we know to whom we can go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So insightful. What what about the individual that is saying, you know, you're you're throwing a lot of, of the scripture on me, but I, I want something tangible. You know, they're telling you, give give me a tool right now that I you know, I need to cross examine my, my negative thoughts here. I cannot get this narrative out of my head, um, you know, for example, they're saying things like my, my boss hates me. Uh, they, he gave me a difficult report or all, all of those coworkers. I noticed they roll their eyes when I'm speaking in a meeting and they don't like my ideas. Uh, my, my coworker doesn't have faith in me. They don't give me, you know, very much responsibility. They give it to somebody else. They're just continuously, in this place of a negative narrative, what what would be a tangible tool to to help them out? Yeah, and the person hasn't even begun to talk about their broken relationships and children oh, yeah. and whatever it might be. So, uh, uh, I think I think there it would be now now and and here I, I think the way Scripture guides us it does have overtones to the way the world would guide us as well uh, in in the most popular passage on fear, 
when Jesus when Jesus talks to our fears and anxieties, he you know, takes us for that little walk. Don't be afraid, and he shows us the birds and and the the grass and how he cares for them and on and on. And he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. It's it's sort of an elusive phrase, but what he's saying is, is the kingdom is advancing right now, and you is a, as a as a valued needed member, as royalty within that kingdom, you have a calling right now. So, so the question is, what is our calling right now? What is what is it right now? It, it and you identified it could be to clean out the junk drawer. Uh, it, but oftentimes it has something to do with a person. It's okay. Here's somebody in front of me. Okay, what am I called to do right now? I don't like this person, but I need to listen. I want to humbly listen and hear what they have to say, and and see if I can learn from what they have to say. Uh, or I want to I want to serve this person. Or or I want to. Okay, here's here's what's going on. I'm 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 frightened to death about this meeting I have. Well, what about now? What is this calling now? Well, am I prepared for this meeting? Are there, are there other things that I can be reading? Are there ways I should talk to another person as a way to try to get my thoughts together? What can I do now? This, it's not, the world will talk about that as a, as a good skill. For us, it's much more personal. That we're saying that right now, to, to worry about the meeting, it's, it's really not God's calling in my life. But he, he always does have a calling in my life. He has a, he has a task, he has, he has a role for me. And, and so what is my role right now? And sometimes it's hard to identify what that could be, in which case we get help and we ask friends. Okay, what can I be doing? What can I bring my attention to right now rather than be living off in the future? So that would, is some version of, of that particular skill. The Lord will worry about the meeting. What does he call me to right now? Mm. And it might be drinking coffee on a couch. <laughs> really, really, I mean, it's that's that's now. That is yeah. now. So. Yeah, and, and I like that. What I'm hearing you say is stay present, like be be here in the moment. A, a lot of our anxiety is because we're so focused on what's down the road and how people are going to see us and who doesn't like us, and um, I, I'm creating this negative narrative in my future rather than, okay, how do I just bring it back right here and ask God to help me to stay present and look at what he's calling me to do right now? Yeah. And scripture is very realistic. That passage in Matthew 6, it says, tomorrow is going to have plenty of troubles. It's not naive to think that everything's going to be dandy tomorrow, and that meeting may be filled with trouble. But but what he's saying is, is, is I give you what you need for now. And you're not, I'm not going to give you what you need for your meeting yet or to deal with the troubles that you're going to find because that's not where you are. And, and, and I think I, I mentioned in, in that book this, this background sort of teaching that the Lord gives to his people of manna where, where it, it's, he gives, the, the principle is he gives you manna for today. He doesn't give you manna for tomorrow because if he gives you manna for tomorrow, then you don't call out to him. You don't need him. You, know, you don't need him until the manna runs out. Well, his strategy is he gives us manna for right now, and and so so how are we equipped? How are, you know what how what does he call us to now? And then on, on, when tomorrow comes, when the meeting comes, he will give the obviously the manna, the grace, the power, the he will give us what we need to to live for him in the midst of that particular meeting. 
That's a, and that's a skill that oh, yeah, yeah, I've been been thinking about for that for decades, and, and it's starting to it's starting to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. Which, which, by the way, is, is 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 a challenge for people who struggle with fear because fear is they want some relief right now, and and we are we are talking about things that are that that are relevant right now, but we're going to have to grow in them over time. And that's that is what's so hard. And when when you say it's starting to bear fruit, I I so relate to um, just that story. And especially you know worrying about the meeting today. I I had a similar situation a few years ago, where I had an individual. I'm a corporate trainer, and I I had someone share something with me, kind of a blind spot, that I I needed that to be shared. But when when it was stated at the time, it was more of that, uh, hello, you haven't earned the right to breathe into me and you should not have given me that feedback because you are so wrong. And I struggled with Which, it. by the way, the reality is that is that when it comes right down to it, nobody has that right. <laughs> nobody has that right. We, <laughs> it's, it's always hard for us when we receive criticism. It, uh, it's always challenging to hear, but go oh, ahead. <laughs> it was so challenging. And um, it, it was just that when you say, you know, God breathes into us, I, I know it was a God thing, but at the time it, it felt very evil. And I felt like the enemy was just truly beating me up and I couldn't get over it. It was one of those where I put on a good face and, you know, I said, thank you for that feedback. And I really appreciate it. And then I I came home and you said in your dreams last night, it was one of those where I literally kept creating this narrative in my head at night and kept having this conversation with this person. And I kept praying. I just kept surrendering it over to the Lord. And I started praying for this person who's not a believer going, okay, what's the bigger picture here? And it took at least two years. And it was, <laughs> it was every time I saw this person, I couldn't get over it. And, and then it was overnight, overnight, all of a sudden this person came up to me and I had this overwhelming feeling, which it just sounds so crazy, but of love Mm. and empathy. And this person was going through a tough time and they shared with me and it was, you know, all of a sudden I thought it took two years to build rapport with this person. And I know it wasn't me. I'm not saying it was me by any means, because if it, if it was on me, I would have severed every single aspect (laughs) of this relationship. And we it it's not and especially in our world today where everything is instant gratification and we want like you said we want that relief right now and we can't at least for me i kept going okay god take this away and and he wasn't but i i feel now i can look back and go he was taking it away but it was going to be a process because i needed to unpack it all. And I needed to figure out what these blind spots were. (laughs) And like you said, identify what I thought I was just so amazing. And maybe I wasn't as as amazing as I thought I was. And it it took a while to unpack that. So it's really cool how he does things. He's pretty amazing at times. Uh, And he's, and and and, and the, the thing that I find fascinating is that in two, he did it with you in two years. You might do it in somebody else in a completely different way in five. 
Or you might do it in somebody else in five minutes. His, yeah. his, his ways are unique. You know, he, he can't be put in a box. But one of the things that, that perhaps can be helpful, I was, I was thinking about that passage in James 1. James is saying, when things are difficult, and obviously fears are identifying things that are especially difficult, he essentially, he, he talks about considering a pure joy. Now, that's way over our head. But we can at least say, okay, with James, when things are difficult, this is an opportunity for me. This is an opportunity. It's not necessarily an occasion where I have to deny, I have to run, I have to, I have to, I have to entertain myself away from it. This is an opportunity for me to know more about who God is, for me to trust him. And then, you know, as, as James talks about this, the, the end goal is that, that, that you will be increasingly mature and not lacking anything. Uh, that doesn't mean life won't be hard, but there will be this sturdiness in life where, where you can stand confidently with Jesus in the midst of, of all kinds of different storms. So, so I think that word opportunity might be a nice, nice word to squeeze into our fears. Our fears and anxieties are this, they're, they're the perfect opportunity. And we go back to what we were saying earlier. It's the, it's the perfect opportunity to find that door in Scripture. And, and as we go through that door, all of a sudden, it's this place where we, there's this world of, of things that the Lord says to us that are so much more attractive than we could have possibly imagined. Mm-hmm. And that brings up Ephesians 3.20 is one of my favorite verses where, yeah, we, we can tap into the power He's so powerful that we can't even think about it. We can't even imagine the plans that he has for us. But it, it's crazy. We want to tap into ourselves. And I'm saying it to me, not just to our listeners out there, uh, rather than tapping into his power. And like you said, he's promising, promising us that when we do that, we will be lacking nothing but it's too hard for us to comprehend. At least it is for me. I know it in my head. I just don't take the discipline sometimes. Well, not sometimes, most of the time <laughs> to really believe it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me attach something to Ephesians 3 that, that I, was, I was immediately thinking of as a way to try to make that more helpful. It's Psalm 131. And and it talks about humility. Here's, here's a way to approach our fears. We are like this small wean child, and our mother is right beside us. The, the, it, 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 it captures God's compassion. We're like children, and, and we, don't ha- we don't feel like we have control over our world. But, but we're like children in the best sense, where we know it. And, but we also know that, that mom knows what she's doing. My, I, I, I can indeed trust mom. So that humility that, that we can bring to our fears where we say, he's got this, he's got this. And sometimes I'm not always sure he's got it. And sometimes I, I, I'm afraid of what, how he, him having it in his hand. Well, I'm, I'm afraid what that might mean. But, but yeah, okay, I trust him. I trust him as a child. That's, that humility is... Is, is is really a significant part of of us growing in in um, not being as overwhelmed by our fears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you could leave our listeners with one gargantuous hairy gold tip 
on how we can walk away today and it, it, you know what? We're just going to be able to to cast our cares onto the Lord, truly remove that anxiety. I mean, you've given us so many tips, but what would be one tip that we can walk away with today and go, all right, that's, that's what I'm going to focus on. I cannot think of anything gargantuan at all. Uh, but fortunately, if indeed it's true that we're little children, then the Lord just gives us these little tiny steps. I would probably go back to speak these things to the Lord. Just speak them. We, we, it's, the, it's the easiest and the hardest thing to do, to, to, ha- to move from having them run around in our mind to simply speaking them. And and we don't even have we don't even have to say help. We can just just like we, we can do in our best of human relationships where to, to speak about the things that are hard is is an important part of our relationship. And it, it seems to be more helpful than we realize. So that's the that's the one little tiny, it's not a big hairy gargantuan thing, but but try it. Speak mm-hmm. speak your fears and anxieties and your stresses to the Lord. Uh, meaning he is the one who invites you to speak and He's really happy to hear the things that are in your heart. Mm. And, and I appreciate, too, what you said about you, you jump into Scripture, and then you realized, I, I didn't speak these these fears. I didn't speak these things to the Lord. And so even before you get into Scripture, just, you know, like you said, it's as simple as, okay, God, I, I don't even know how to read this stuff. I, I remember sharing that one time, telling someone, you know, just just start reading the Gospels. Just and they they came back and went, I didn't get it. I didn't get any of it. And I'm like, wait, that's not the answer. That's not what you're supposed to say. But yeah, then ask God, ask God to like really pierce your soul with with some of His words. And and with that, I just want to um, ask you, how can we find out more about you? Where do we go to get this fabulous book and to say all that in 30 seconds? I have no idea where to get the fabulous book. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even know that was the color of it. I, 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 I can't even remember the last time I looked at it. I probably even ha- I haven't even looked at it myself. So I, I assume that it's, it's available Amazon. out there. Yeah, yeah, probably on Amazon. It's out there. And, uh, and, and, I, will, and I will also put it out there. Um, you can find it on Facebook and Twitter, and I will let all of the, the listeners know. With that, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, and we are wrapping it up. Thank you, Dr. Yeah. Well. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 